Hello and welcome to the B to Beast podcast, the best place to collect killer ideas for big business. And today we have got a beast in the building. He is an elite expert in enterprise sales, a top tier content creator on LinkedIn, and currently the founder of the ROI shop, where he helps businesses and salespeople close more deals using interactive value selling calculators. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Hey, Travis. Happy to be here. I've never been introduced like that before, so appreciate it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the party, brother. Glad to have you. Uh, Where are you tuning in from uh, at the moment? I am based out of Atlanta, Georgia, Marietta. I don't know how familiar people are, but nobody's in Atlanta, but everybody says they're in Atlanta. Oh, love it, man. Love it. Well, let's grab a quick little snapshot of your your world right now. What do you, what are you most grateful for in your life, your business, your whole world right now? What is top of mind that you are most grateful for? You know, not to sound corny, but right, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my happiness. You know, I have a roof over my head. I don't have to worry about small little things that a lot of people do. So if you just peel back the onion, that's what I'm most grateful for now. Uh, You're ahead of most of the world there. Just checking a few of those off the list. (laughs) So very, very okay with that. Um, And yeah, I've I've, uh, been following your journey, at least from the outside, the LinkedIn stalker version of following your journey for a while. Um, And you've really built something super unique, something super innovative um, and super valuable in the most simplest terms. And I would love to capture that story, perhaps your origin story and or um, that of the ROI shop. I'm very curious, where did that concept come from and what has the journey been like bringing that to life? Sure thing. So where did the ROI shop come from? It it was funny. Um, It was while I was working at Concur Technologies as a salesperson. I had a big opportunity, Bacardi USA. I'm sure everybody heard of Bacardi. Uh, They were out in Miami, Florida, and I was a a large market rep, and it was the borderline between enterprise and large market, and I I happened to, you know, swindle it down to fit my target market, so I was able to keep it. I was working with this controller whose name was Warren. And they wanted to move forward. And Warren goes to me, Mike, we want to move forward, but we're going to need a business case. So I'm like, all right, I know we have one of those. They rolled it out at SKO, you know, three months ago. I'll fly down there a day early. We'll build the business case together. The following day, we'll have our demo. And that's that. So it took me a couple of days to actually get my hands on this calculator and about a week to muddle through it. And it was a Like most calculators, a complex Excel spreadsheet, tabs across (laughs) the bottom. And like I said, it took me a while for even for me to feel even comfortable. So flew down to Miami, sat down with Warren, and we muddled through it together. By no means was I smooth at all. And after we got done with it, he goes, Mike, I got to tell you, this is one of the better calculators I've seen. So I thought to myself, I go, all right, I'm no schmuck here. Maybe I got a competitive advantage. 
you know, I didn't enjoy the process, but from that point on, I started to utilize it in each and every deal. And after four times using it, it completely changed the way I sold. I knew who was going to buy, who wasn't going to buy, you know, just the engagement level, the different kinds of conversations I was having. And it just completely changed. Anyway, that was around 2012. LinkedIn started getting really big and I was getting hit up by recruiters. You want to change jobs? You want to change jobs? Uh, my territory at Concur was shrinking. My quota was raising. I was there for about five years. I'm like, all right, maybe it's time for me, you know, to try something new. So I left Concur. I went to another company and I was now one of seven enterprise reps. And um, I sent out an email to all the reps. I said, hey, who has an ROI calculator? Because that's kind of how I knew how to sell. Only three responded back and they were all crap. And I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. So I went to my VP of sales. I said, hey, I got a friend who's a wizard in Excel. This is what I used at Concur. Can he build this for us? I didn't want to just start building my own sales tool. I was there for a week. And he said, yeah, how much will he charge? He was going to do it for free. But I made my friend $3,000. And then it got me thinking like, God, you know, they were 80 million in ARR, Concur, was 300 million in ARR. And it got me thinking about all the companies I worked for that either didn't have a calculator wow. or had something crappy. And I knew there was a huge void in the marketplace. Um, and that's what really got my gears going. Needless to say, I won't get into detail. I got fired from that company in about a year's time. And it really rubbed me the wrong way. I left software for a little bit. After a year doing stuff in Honduras, which is a completely other story, I came back and I told my friend, I go, you have to learn how to program. The company that fired me was my second customer. And so I sold to them and then they brought me in to do sales training. So I'm training these folks that are like, did this cat get fired like a year and a half ago? <laughs> so talk about nervous. That's the only time I've ever really been nervous <laughs> is I'm going in there to do sales training for a company that fired me because they didn't think I could sell. So <laughs> That's uh, that's kind of the circle there. Wow. And what a symbolic moment for that to come full circle um, and really be able to step into that same environment. I love yeah. that poetic little ending there of training the, the, the company you got fired from. That is beautiful. That is the power of the pivot, folks. <laughs> um Absolutely amazing. So what do you think um, in that journey for other folks that are either starting that process um, or they're in the middle of that journey, what type of signals or I guess data or social feedback were you looking for? Uh, A, to even recognize this was an opportunity, uh, but B, then to actually make the leap and and start building because that we all have business ideas and podcast ideas and a book idea in our head um but at, at a certain degree there has to be a threshold of rationality of of roi um in general for that threshold to be broken so what what signals were arising around you for you to start tuning into this this opportunity and what was the moment that you were like all right this, we got to take the leap. We got this. Yeah. Uh, would love to hear because I know that is a ambiguous little chapter of the journey that some people can be stuck on for eternity. 
Um, would love to just hear and explore how that was for you. I think now is a pretty good time for folks to do it who, who've been laid off, because that's really what happened. You know, I had the idea, uh, I realized there was a huge void, but if I never got fired, I probably wouldn't have started it. I would have stayed in the path and stayed in enterprise sales, made good money and do all that. So I took a negative and made it a positive. And I think maybe a lot of folks who, you know, seen this downturn in economy, I think over the past few months, 300,000 IT salespeople have been laid off. So maybe take that anger, take that frustration. If you have an idea, it might be the best time to do it because there's never going to be the best time. There's always something to get in the way of doing it. But um, that was really it. So I'm thankful that I got fired and um, I didn't think of it that I didn't think of it that way when I did get fired. So take the chance. I mean, there's always a risk. You have time. If it doesn't work out, boom, you, you can get right back into it. But I read a book one time and it was, it was from people who worked in, uh, it, it was like a nursing home and they were interviewing people that were really on their deathbed. I mean, it was the end of the line for them. And they all wrote a book about what is the most common answers these people gave, you know, when looking back at their life. And it was, I wish we took more chances. I wish I took that chance. I wish I, I never said what if, um, Life is short. It's a journey. You know, there's ups and downs, like the beat of your heart. It goes up and down. That's life. Don't try to stay straight because that's death, you know, boom. Um, so do something scary. Uh, that's that's what I would say. You know, now's the time to do it, especially if you've been laid off. Um, what do you got to lose? Mm, love it. Love it. Love it. It is a difficult piece of the of the journey, but um, there's really, yeah, no other, no, no other, uh, secret magic bullet other than you have to take the leap, uh, and fight through that discomfort or unknown, that ambiguity, those fears that all pop up. And for those that are mindful enough to adjust and pivot and everything along the way, that's just the start of the journey. And I know you've been building and shifting and kind of optimizing this along the way. Uh, and clearly you are. I keep seeing you get plugged into these higher level conversations of how your tool is used, how other people are leveraging it. Um, so clearly you are doing something right over there and uh, would love to jump into for the second part of the show, your secret sauce for your, your life, your business, um, whatever you're doing over there, we're trying to extract and, and steal some of that. So the first thing I want to ask is more on your personal habits and lifestyle. What task is non-negotiable for you? Or what is something that you have to do every day? Whether it's on life, business, personal, somewhere in between. What is non-negotiable for you? Well, for business, it's, it's I'm on LinkedIn a lot. Um, and and I, a little secret sauce there. I'm, st I'm starting to figure out the algorithm. I'm trying to... Uh, obviously I try to put out one corny video a week, whether it's a stupid skit or something that's, that's a disruptor that can stop the scroll, but just connecting with people on LinkedIn, um, connecting with my target audience. So if I know, you know, ABC company is a great fit, I ring the bell of that CRO and I make sure I'm following them and I make sure I comment on their posts yep. and the algorithm knows if I'm commenting on their posts, maybe I should show my post to them and vice versa. 
Um, and I don't go in for the close. I'm very slow in it. I, I, I don't want to have commission breath like some people say. You know, I can go slow with it. And hopefully they'll like my style. They'll like my posts. I put a lot of energy into writing scripts. Um, and another thing that I noticed is send email, not necessarily email, but communicate through LinkedIn. So if I'm having a conversation with you, Travis, we've already made a connection. Um, rather than just constantly just send emails, I might send you a LinkedIn message because the algorithm also knows these two are talking behind the scene. Maybe I should show Mike's post and vice versa. So I mean, if you are putting content out, talk to the folks behind the scenes within the chat and within the messaging and your content will be thrown up there. But ring ring your prospects bell. Make sure you follow them. Make sure you comment on them. And uh, that that's huge for me. It is a game changer. It's mind-blowing to me that uh, so many people forget or neglect, intentionally neglect being social on social media <laughs> yeah like, oh wait what i don't just get to post repost my like blog articles and tweets um and yeah it's just be my yeah that social and emotional intelligence that you're mentioning to follow up with the right people not have that cold pitch that people can feel coming from a mile away um it is genuine relationship building for the long game and those that are doing it right uh, it really does change the game because I see it over and over. I watch the people that are doing it wrong and they burn out or say this is broke. It doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and those of us that do see the light and are playing that long game are in situations like this. So uh, yeah. love, love hearing that, especially from your world. Uh, would love to tap into now more on your business side, your offer, your approach in general. Without getting your legal department involved here, can you share your specific process or strategy for building or developing an ROI calculator? What are the early stage like signals that a business or company should be looking for um, that needs this? And what's like the maybe the checklist or the steps or the stages uh, that you would suggest they need to go through to get success out of this strategy or tool? So there's two things that come to mind. The first thing is companies try to overcomplicate their ROI calculator. Most of them are still using Excel, which is fine. You know, as long as you're talking value, that, that's critical. But keep it simple. Uh, companies that I work with, they'll share with me their ROI calculator they built. And it's 10 tabs across the bottom. It's so complex. No rep is going to go through it and no prospect's going to take the time to digest it. So, you know, companies buy for two or three reasons, not five or six, you know, so pick your two or three best use cases. Is it a productivity improvement? Is it error reduction? Is it risk reduction? You know, whatever it is you're selling, you know, what gravitate, what do your prospects gravitate to and focus on doing a kick-ass job on those three rather than an okay job on those. Keep it simple. You, you, you're not building a P&L statement. So many people try to get it down to the exact penny. You don't have to do it. You could be general. You could be high level. The idea is to get your prospect thinking about, oh, we could save that much or that equates to about one FTE or something. You don't have to get it down to the exact science. So many companies have value engineers or whoever's the best in Excel build it. 
Sometimes it's not even a salesperson that builds it. It's Johnny who knows Excel the best that's tasked to build the sales team sales tool, which makes no sense. So the number, number one thing is keep it simple. You could always add more to it. I mean, you got to remember your salespeople may never have sold like that, may never have had financial conversations. So you can't go from zero to 100. You got to put training wheels on the bike. You got to go slow and you could always add more to it. You would never put a five-year-old on a 10-speed, but that's what a lot of companies are doing by creating these complex Excel spreadsheets. So that's one. That's only half the bio. Two is the rollout. They, they'll just say, here's your tool, use it. They don't tell them where and when to use it, how to use it. It's like giving a kid the keys to a Ferrari if he's never driven before. I mean, you, there's a, a process where and how to use it. Uh, so they forget the whole rollout strategy and the adoption's going to die. Nobody's going to use it. And then they're going to move on to the next best thing rather than really putting in the effort. So there's a whole rollout strategy that comes along with it. Wow. No, these are, it's one of those things that seems so simple or obvious from the outside, but once you start unpacking it, um, of just the development of it first is its own craziness. And then the rollout um, and those complications. So I'd love to dig one level deeper in the context of perhaps the rollout and or long-term implementation. Uh, so thinking about the entire sales cycle from first touch point to the closing meeting, uh, where do you find that these numbers and this calculator is most effective in that process? What stage of, of that journey? Okay. That's a great question. And it's used throughout the journey. And uh, But really, really, it should be during your demo. So here's what happens. Typically, you go through discovery, you set up a demo call, they ask you for pricing, everybody wants to know pricing, you give them pricing, and then you get ghosted. That's 80% of your deals. That's 80% of your pipeline. Discovery, demo, ghosting. And if you think about why you get ghosted, it's because and because your prospect has not seen enough value to have one more conversation with you. So if if you look at your sales process and you figure out where you're getting ghosting, that's where you insert a value calculator. So what I typically do is if my meeting, and I just moved it up to now 45 minutes, I used to do 30 minutes, and I'm always learning and adapting myself. So I... I'll, I'll do discovery or I've done discovery. I'll do a 30 minute high level demo. I'll let them know before the demo even starts, we will get to pricing because I know you're going to ask me. So I like to call the elephant out in the room. Like we will get there. So I give a high level demo. Then I immediately open up our ROI calculator and say, you know what? Let's build a business case together so you can see the financial impact. And we go through just one or two small areas that I uncovered during discovery. Show them, you know, we could save them 200000 here or 300000 there or increase revenue by, you know, this percentage. And then I get to the bottom. Let me plug in the costs. Travis, based on what you told me, you're looking at a $30,000 annual fee. Your one-time setup could be between this. And now they, you know, they've already calculated the value they're going to get. That's like, oh, that's a drop in the bucket. Where now, I, I always like to say... um, with the absence of value, you sell on price. But if you go through that process and you show them the value and then introduce price, you're not going to get ghosted. You're not going to get beat up on discounts. 
and now they're going to bring other people in. So it definitely extends the sales process. Ah, this is cool. This is so powerful. I think, yeah, that recognition of those touch points and just getting it to one more call could be the the deal breaker, the game, the game changer. Um, and if you're doing using these tools and these calculators every single call, um, I can only imagine the numbers that that starts to compound and add up. Um, so, yeah, the investment, ironically, for an ROI calculator is starting to stack up very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um, absolutely love it. Let's jump into the world's fastest game show. This is going to be a three-round game show here uh, called This or That. We're going to randomly generate some options here for you. You rock and roll through them, and we got a fun little prize for you here at the end. Are you ready, Michael? Let's do it. All right. First one, beach or mountains? Beach or mountains? Oh, man. Oh, man. I love them both. But as a stress relief, God, it's so, that's so unfair. But I'll say... um for me to completely unplug, it's going to be mountains during ski season. Oh, there we go. All right. The, <laughs> the tent, I could feel the struggle there with that one. <laughs> we'll let you go to the beach in the summer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Round two. Would you rather be a doer or a talker? A doer. Game over. Easy. I mean... The entrepreneur himself is very clearly a doer. I almost skipped that one. <laughs> uh, this is a very interesting one, too. No context for it other than minimum or maximum. 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 There we go. Well, you just beat the game, Michael. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> we mean, Which means we get to jump into hearing your world. So we've heard plenty of your Value selling calculators is essentially what you've developed here. Um, how can people get a hold of you and how can they get started in at least discovering and learning more about the ROI shop? Uh, first thing is they please connect, follow, reach out to me on LinkedIn. As I said, I, I live there. I breathe there. I create content uh, weekly. Um about it. They can visit the website, theroishop.com. Don't forget the in front of it. It's funny when I started the company, um, I wanted ROI shop and it was taken. And then I reached yep. out to somebody. They wanted $90,000 for me to buy the domain. I said, no, thanks. I'll just put the in front of it. Yep. Sounds <laughs> familiar. We got one of those under our belt. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah. I figured what's the ROI on the or yeah. not? 90,000. I'll take it. <laughs> So they could do that. Um, those are the two best ways to reach out to me. I mean, but yeah, you'll always find me on LinkedIn. Um, love it there. Absolutely recommend the follow on LinkedIn. Uh, to anybody listening, Michael Farber will have them linked up here in the show notes. And that on that note, uh, I actually do have to share and mention because I have been following folks on LinkedIn for so long. Um, and I do see a lot of the people doing it right and a lot of the ones doing it not so right. Um, and it is encouraging, inspiring, and refreshing to see you on my feed over and over again. Um, I know 
it is it takes a lot of courage uh, to go against the grain with some of the counterculture content and this entertainment skits and costumes. And there's so much that you guys are going to discover <laughs> and enjoy there. Um, but I just have to take a quick moment to recognize and appreciate those that are doing it right. Um, and you are definitely one of them, Michael. I appreciate it, Travis. That means a lot. Thank you, dude. Yes, I am glad and honored to share the journey with you. So let's jump into our final question of the show. This last question is for one specific listener that might be starting their journey or they're just stuck taking it to the next level. What final words of advice or motivation do you have to kick that listener into beast mode? Um, there's no time like the present. Stop making excuses. Um, life will kick you in the teeth and they're not going to make an excuse for it. So grab, grab the bull by the horns, man. And just, just do it. You have absolutely nothing to lose. You, you really don't. You could pull the plug at any time, even if it's a month and you're like, man, this shit's not for me. I cannot do it. At least you took the chance. Um, and you won't sit there on your deathbed wondering what could have happened. Boom. The ultimate one-liner to end there. Uh, thank you. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you for listening to the Be to Beast podcast. This has been Michael Farber. You're a beast.